the wide, wide world of sports is going on here. Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go to go You better put them hands together. Put them together. It's a Wednesday on B and E. Best players in the world playing golf are here. Best golfers in the world are here. Play some golf this morning, starting about ten o'clock, and uh, going all day. It'll be on the Golf Channel. If you're looking for it on TV, or get your get yourself out there, see some of the uh, best players in the world. Saw the best players in the world playing baseball last night. Two of them uh, went head-to-head in the ninth inning with two outs. Shohei Otani and uh, Mike Trout will get the highlight of that coming up. What a moment for baseball last night. We're going to talk to Gene Watson, uh, the front office, uh, assistant to the general manager of the Kansas City Royals. He was there last night to see it and take in the scene. He'll give us a scene setter coming up. Also, he's coming to Austin this weekend for the Longhorn Series with Texas Tech. So we'll talk a little baseball and how that uh, World Baseball Classic went in his eyes. Also get some... uh, uh, Craig Way report this hour here from David Pierce, Longhorn baseball coach. Longhorns got a nice win last night. They got out the big bats in their final tune-up before conference play. Also, uh, gossip in the blitz before the end of the yeah, hour. Yeah, this basketball team's got to be starting to tune it up, too, for Friday, yeah, don't they? they? Had, yeah, they had, an, they had an availability yesterday with the media yesterday afternoon. You know, they're really going to buckle it down. They were, I wonder if it's about getting rest for them. I mean, that's a that's a long weekend. I mean, going from back-to-back weekends from – from the Big 12 to that. And well, then, they, to me, they feel like a team that just can't wait to go play again. You don't just need to, that much rest. Just keep on well, going. I mean, you want to get, and if you're, you know, Roddy Terry will do the right thing, get them off their feet. But mm-hmm. really, for these, preparing for these weekends, you just take it as two, you know, three different individual two, two, two game tournaments. Then that's really all you can think about it as. You got to get ready for Xavier. Your staff behind that's got to be getting ready for either Houston or Miami sure. with a scouting report. Because if you win, it's going to be a quick turnaround to the Elite Eight game on Sunday. But, you know, you do feel like Texas is in a good rhythm for that because they won the Big 12 tournament, three wins in three days, uh, went right through it, and uh, now they're coming off the, the Des Moines trip where they won two games in three days, and uh, they feel like they're in a good groove right now. And um, But, yeah, I think I think rest and uh, you know, getting no, their No, as you back. said, get, get off your feet. Yeah, when you, don't, when you don't have to be walking around, strolling around. And, um, you know, the – this is this is a really great opportunity for the Longhorns. We'll get back into the Sweet 16. Those games resume tomorrow, of course, with uh, four games tomorrow and uh, four more on thir- Friday. Longhorns will play the final game of Friday night against the Musketeers of Xavier. So a lot to look forward to there, a lot to look back at last night. Let's get to those headlines, trending topics to start your Wednesday. Yeah, it starts with the baseball, and what a scene in Miami last night. It's the championship game of the World Baseball Classic, the two best teams in the world, Japan, Won the uh, World Baseball Classic twice in their history. USA is the, are the defending champions, and this game went back and forth. But ninth inning, Japan leads it 3-2. Three to two. Three outs to go. And uh, as we had hoped would happen, Japan summons Shohei Otani to the mound. He's never been a closer or a reliever in his career. Uh, he comes to the mound, though, to get the final three outs. A leadoff walk gave the USA some optimism, but Mookie Betts then grounded into a 4-6-3 double play, which brought Mike Trout, the USA's team captain, uh, and, of course, Otani's teammate with the L.A. Angels to the plate with two outs. Uh, count got to 3-2, and here's how it sounded on Fox last night. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out! 
Otani strikes out Trout, and Japan's back on top of the baseball world. Uh, certainly was, and uh, slider, slide piece in 3-2, and Trout uh, waved at it, and that was your ball game, Japan, the third time they've won the World Baseball Classic. Texas baseball got out the big bats last night. They rolled to a 17-11 win at UFCU Dishfall Field, extend their win streak to 11 was the with that win. Longhorns with 17 hits, that's a season high. Catcher Garrett Gamet had a big night, two home runs, five RBIs. Jack O'Dowd, not shabby either. Four for five, including a home run and a double. Longhorns approved to 15-7 and seven on the year. Longhorns had five home runs in that game last night. They're now prepping up for the uh, Big 12 Conference opener this weekend. They'll play Texas Tech Friday, Saturday, and Sunday over at Dixfall Field. Red Raiders have already started conference play. They took two out of three from Oklahoma State this past weekend in Lubbock. After taking the weekend off for spring break, or the week off, Texas football back on the field yesterday for spring practice workout number four. Among the highlights, the return of several offensive players who had missed that first week of work because of injury or precaution. The redshirt freshman quarterback Malik Murphy was back on the field taking first, uh, second team reps behind Quinn Ewers. Running back Jonathan Brooks also at full speed after his offseason hernia operation. And wide receiver Isaiah Nayer back, of course, hurt his knee last August. He was back running routes, which is great to see. As for the quarterbacks, Steve Sarkeesian pleased to have Malik Murphy back and pushing Quinn Ewers, but says that competition needs to be across the board. And it's easy to point to the quarterback to the competition. Every position is an open competition. I can't tell a guy right now, hey, at whatever position is, he's the starter regardless. Everybody should be striving to be the best that they can be. We've got a long way till we play, right, in, in September. So ultimately, yeah, can Malik push Quinn? Of course he can. You know, how far can he take it? Quinn's job is to keep raising his level of play so he can't catch him, right? And that should be at every position across the board. And they'll practice again tomorrow. And then Saturday, ahead of it's also the, the coaches' clinic weekend for the Longhorns and a big recruiting weekend on tap. Best golfers in the world here in Austin right now. Nine of the top ten players in the world. The only player in the top ten not playing this weekend here at the Dell Match Play is Justin Thomas. But the other nine are here, including world number one, Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler tees off at 250 today, facing 54th-ranked Davis Riley. Also, Tom Kim and Alex Noren are in his group, Group 1. Fellow Longhorn Jordan Spieth facing Mackenzie Hughes on day one. That one tees off about 12-16 this afternoon. Horde Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Tree limbs are on the ground and steel chainsaws are on our shelves. So come get them and any other equipment to help with storm cleanup at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right. Uh, yeah, USA, USA comes up uh, a run short last night. They lose it 3-2, to two, but as I heard it said, uh, baseball was a winner last night because of the game, the scene, the spectacle of uh, the best players in the world playing for their country, and boy, uh, what a moment for Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout. Now they'll go play as teammates together for the L.A. Angels. Pretty special night. And a man who was uh, there to see it uh, is with us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He's a very familiar voice to our show and these airwaves. Uh, he is uh, our Mr. Baseball Insider, the Kansas City Royals Vice President and Assistant General Manager for Minor League Scouting, twice a world champion, our friend Gene Watson. Gino, how are you? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing fabulous, Gene, yourself? I'm a little tired. <laughs> oh, I, I, it was a late night last night. Got back to the hotel about 1.30 and had a 3 o'clock wake-up call to get back to Surprise. And so, uh, But it was it was kind of chaotic after the game. All the players were kind of hustling to get back and get their stuff gathered and get to airplanes to uh, get back to their spring training sites. Well, you were there last night to see it. I mean, watching it on uh, – seeing the highlights on TV, what a moment. This entire tournament was just, just spectacular for the moments and the uh, the drama – uh, you know, I, I said, and I heard it said, I agree with it, baseball won last night, even though the USA lost. What, what does that mean to you? Why did baseball win during this uh, two-week tournament? 
Well, Aaron, you know, this event, when Bud Selig created it in 2005, you know, they went to the players and asked the players what they thought about it. And every one of them were on board. And this is a player's game. I think that it's really a true celebration of our sport globally. You know, we have the World Series here. Japan has their World Series. There's a Caribbean World Series after each league has their championship. But this was the stage for everybody in the world to show the very best of their country. And it's only getting bigger and better every time. It drew over a million three this event. It'll probably draw two million in three more years. And the better players just keep coming out for it. And it's really a celebration of our game from a global perspective. And while it's not the most best time for, you know, the U.S. fan with the Super Bowl ending and March Madness going on and opening day a week away, uh, it, it's truly one of the most exciting events as I've ever been to. Ever been to. And, uh, you know, you're with the Royals and were, but you spent a year with the uh, the Angels uh, and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. What was was that moment like for you behind home plate watching those two battle in, uh, with, with two outs in the ninth inning? Two great players, maybe the two best players on the planet today uh, for all the marbles. It was unbelievable. And I don't think when they, they opened up the fourth site uh, and they threw the first pitch at every site that they thought that the last out would come down to those two facing each other. But what a moment for baseball. And, you know, Mike and Shohei have such a tremendous amount of respect for each other. Uh, they they are very very close and and so to see that moment uh, it was truly incredible a great moment for baseball a great moment for the Angels and those two are have a great deal of love for each other and I know that there's going to be a lot of trash talking going on in the clubhouse when they get back oh yeah that'll be fun when they get back for sure be- between those two and their teammates you know that that should be that should make for quite a spring the rest of the spring for those guys. And Shohei, he's not going to let him up for air either. He'll he'll oh, keep no. on him for a little bit. It's going to be funny. Yeah, Trouty's going to say, "You went slider? Come on, man! You went with the with the slide right. piece, not the heat. Come on!" But right. uh, that was quite the cool scene. And the whole thing. I mean, the tournament. I mean, the moment with Trey Turner and the Grand Slam on Saturday night to for the USA to beat Venezuela. Obviously, a walk off win for Japan to beat Mexico to get here. And there, as you said, Gene, the players. There's just so much pride in playing for their country. It's it's like soccer in the World Cup, which is what it's designed behind. It's it's like the Olympics. There's just something different when you're playing for the pride of your your homeland. What was so unique about it too? Even I covered the games in Phoenix. Was the fan bases and how passionate? I mean, Cuba in Miami and that game had so much. It was so deep rooted personally for so many of the fans whose parents, you know, risked their lives to come from Cuba to the United States. Uh, the, the, the carryover from the uh, Latin American, from the Caribbean World Series uh, between the Dominican and Puerto Rico. And it's, it's just an incredible event. But the fan bases are also very passionate about it. And, and the, uh, in the Venezuela game, I mean, the fans were literally living and dying with every pitch. And it was just so, it was so great to see from, from my perspective. Gene Watson was there last night in Miami to see it. He's now flying back. He's in Houston right now in the Houston airport trying to get himself to back to Arizona. But you're coming back to Austin this weekend, Gino. It uh, sounds like. I know uh, it's a big weekend for the Longhorns. They're hosting Texas Tech, and uh, there's a big ceremony on Saturday. You're going to be here this weekend. So excited. My, my dear friend and brother, Kurt Dressendorfer, is getting his number 10 retired. and uh, Long overdue. Um, you know, Kurt, I played against in high school, and – that was before social media when you didn't really, you know, know about a lot of people across the state of Texas, but everybody had heard about Kurt Dressendorfer and truly 
one of the most dominant pitchers in college baseball history, University of Texas history. And had it not been for a number of injuries, you know, climbing the ranks of professional baseball, he would have been one of the most dominant pitchers in Major League Baseball. And I'm just so happy for Kirk and his family. And Saturday's going to be a great celebration, and I can't wait to be there for it. Well, you're doing a lot of traveling, my friend, <laughs> going back to desert time and then coming back this way over the weekend. And you guys ready? The Royals ready for uh, the opening day? I know there's a lot of optimism with a young roster, and uh, everybody is 0-0 uh, zero and zero when, it, when it all fires up in a couple of weeks. One of the downsides of this WBC has been our our, our players, uh, Brady Singer, arguably our opening day starter, didn't get a lot of work, so he's going to take a little bit time to build back up. And Bobby Witt got four at-bats. So uh, that's the one downside of it. There's great intangibles to them being able around all those stars every day, but, but they're truly not going to be ready uh, 100% uh, on opening day. So that's one of the downsides of the event. But We'll get through it. We'll work through it. It's a young, exciting team that uh, should make great progress this year. All right, buddy. Uh, thanks for doing it. I know you've been a long night. You wanted to get that eyewitness account as early as we could before you get on your plane to, to Arizona. And thanks for doing it with us this morning. We'll check in as the baseball season launches and gets going, okay? Safe travels back, Gene. You bet, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Right, there's Gene Watson. A little bit of sleep. He said he got to the hotel at 1.30. He's got to get up at 3 to get on a plane out of Miami, and now he's in Houston with a layover headed to Arizona. But he'll be here this weekend. That'll be that'll be really cool. Kirk Dressendorfer, good friend. Really, everybody says, man, he's my good friend, because he is. When you meet Kirk Dressendorfer, you become his friend <laughs> pretty quickly. That's why you hear that from, from all. But uh, Gene Watson, I didn't know Gene had played against him in high school. Uh, wow. Kirk was a hell of a high school pitcher, I can tell you that. And that was back in the 80s, Buck. That's when dudes, what's the old? Dudes were dudes. Threw their arm out, threw their arm off. I've always said this about Kirk because, uh, you know. He got his innings in. If he pitched in in this era where they take care of pitchers and protect the arm, who knows what type of major league pitcher he was. But I always say this, when he got into the major league baseball and with the Oakland A's, I mean, it was he was pretty much over. I mean, he'd, he'd thrown all his pitches. He would tell you himself that his his shoulder was just ravaged. And, um, you know, his best stuff was left in high school and in college. But um, he was some kind of competitor, some kind of pitcher, and uh, some kind of good guy. And that'll be an awesome tribute on Saturday, part of the Texas Tech weekend for those Texas Great Longhorns. stuff. Yeah, and how about uh, Gene? Uh, to be there at that moment, um, what a spectacle. What a spectacle. And, you know, we'll see. You know, USA, the USA players, I, I don't want to say they're the most reluctant. A lot of the guys love playing in this thing, but especially the pitchers, they're not, the USA's pitchers are not, you know, super, super excited about, you know, risking their arm, right? Just like we just talked about uh, for an exhibition. But again, I think it's so much more than an exhibition. And I think this thing, I agree with Gene that, you know, it was 1.3 million people attending and, and being a part of this. Now he thinks it'll be 3 million when they come around, you know, three more years from now. The World Baseball Classic is really. Uh, taken hold and taken root, and it really is a lot of fun. And yes, you got the Edwin Diaz injury, and that's a shame. And got, got yeah, but that had nothing to do with playing. I mean, that's that's just silly. I mean, that's silly craziness. Well, guy was uh, and just unfortunate. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, he was celebrating with his brother. I mean, it was. I mean, it couldn't be more random and just terrible. But uh, right. Jose Altuve gets hit by a pitch. Jose Altuve could have taken a ball off of thumb in the spring training game. Absolutely. I mean, it's baseball, and uh, you hate it for the Astros, and certainly anytime hate it for you the take Mets. the field, there's there's a certain amount of risk you sure. take. So, yeah, and I think that's why you say if you took a poll of the players, they ninety nine percent of them would say absolutely want to keep doing this and can't wait for three more years from now. But um, Japan the reigning champs with Shohei Otani that says that was back when pitchers pitched. Well, I mean, I, there was a, there was a, I was told, I mean, Kirk, Kirk Dressendorf told me of a time when he pitched in his senior year of high school 
and then he came back and he went to summer ball, and then he came to Texas for the fall. And he started pitching again. And he tried to – I think he told me – he told me the number of innings that he probably pitched and logged between his high school senior year, summer ball, like going up to the Cape Cod League or wherever he went, and then uh, playing at Texas, and it, the number would just blow your mind. And So there's pitching and then there's over-pitching, uh, over-using guys. Uh, I, I, I think it gets a little ridiculous these days. And if somebody like Nolan Ryan would tell you that, you know, we, we keep coddling these pitchers and they're still getting hurt. What's the deal here? Uh, they were getting, actually, they're probably getting hurt more now than they were before. But there was a, there was a, there's a point to where it, it, it can be excessive, too. I think that the, the precautions are a good thing with a young arm, for sure, especially at a very young age. Uh, but, yeah, Kirk Dort, Dressendorf will go in. USA Baseball, runners up. And congrats to Jap- Japan uh, for the done. World Baseball Championship. And thrilling as it was. And, yeah, I'm sure they'll rib each other in the Angels' dugout. And as we said, the uh, the unfortunate part is they're going to go back to a team that... I'm not going to see much of either one of them. <laughs> well, you'll see them. Right. But I want to see them in, like, meaningful games like that. I want to see those two dudes. But the Angels, you know, they're picked to finish third, third or fourth in the West. Uh, Rangers might even be better than the Angels this year with all the moves that they've made. Adds, adds a bunch of pitching. So, yeah, baseball season around the corner. Longhorn baseball, the real season is here. And we'll uh, talk about that coming up here from Craig Way in the Craig Way Report. Also have Longhorn football in there. And I, I love that quote from Steve Sarkeesian, Buck, that, uh, you know, yeah, we want competition at quarterback, but we want competition everywhere. This is this is the one we talked about going into the camp. This is an opportunity for a really competitive camp where every day, every rep, everything's being watched, and your job's on the line. Your your starting gig is not guaranteed, my friends. Not and, a left tackle. Um, I'll help him with that one. Well, sure, but you know, I think Kelvin Banks. But that's the thing we know about Kelvin Banks is one well, of the hardest it, it, working. Well, that's what it'll be. It'll be when you don't have to talk about that stuff, where you know what camp is. It's one of the. It's one of the. Uh, you know, hardest hardest working guys on the team, but you know, gosh, you know, we talk about the receiver core that Isaiah Nair was back and uh, doing his thing, uh, running routes on air yesterday, and he's got the knee brace on. People got to see oh, him. Oh, no, he wants back. Well, and, you know, here's the thing. When we talk about continuing to add competition, uh, the Longhorns aren't done. Uh, the Longhorns, they're during this weekend with the juniors and the recruiting weekend, they're hosting a portal player, a wide receiver from uh, USC. USC. Aren't there some players that still have to go through springs academically and then yeah, it's so open there'll be again? Another, there'll be another portal season. Okay. But this, this kid from USC is already in the portal, and uh, – I don't know what his academic status is, but according to Horn Sports and some other places I saw, they're going to be hosting him this weekend. Uh, so, again, they're, they're, they like their depth. They like where they are. They like that Jordan Whittington came back and Xavier Worthy's hand's not broken anymore. And you've got Isaiah Nayer coming back and A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia, uh, plus these young guys, Jonte Cook and the, the, the youth being served here. Mm-hmm. You know, one guy that's not working out for the Longhorns at that position is uh, Brennan, Brennan Thompson. The wide receiver, he's running track. He's running track with the Longhorns track team there you go. over there. So that'll pay some dividends. But, uh, yeah, the Longhorns are going to host a, a portal receiver from USC. So they're still trying to add uh, more talent. I mean, that's that's been one of the, uh, the the real consistent themes of Steve Sarkeesian. He'd been at Alabama. He understands it. He was at USC with those great teams. Always you, looking. You're always looking to add good players. You, know, you never have enough of them, right? I mean, and, you know, why would you settle? If you have a chance to get a kid – Go get him. And, um, you know, that's just the way they're going to operate, and I like to see that. So we'll get you more details on that coming up. Also, can we play this uh, while we're talking a little Texas football tie? Sark talking about the freshman wide receivers because we know they have some good players at the top, but 
You know, John T. Cook out of DeSoto, Texas, is in the house. Um, you know, and showing out here with Sark when asked yesterday about the young guys at that position that are pushing for playing time. Well, I think the one thing you notice with both of them, they've both have been really well. They've both been well coached. Um, whether it's fundamentals and techniques uh, or even scheme, uh, they've been around a lot of football. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's completely foreign to them, um, and it's allowed them to play fast, right? And and they haven't been perfect. I mean, there, there's still errors that occur, and believe me, and I and that they're going to have errors. You know, it's, it's practice four of spring ball of their first spring practice of their career here, but their ability to kind of um, digest systematically and fundamentally and techniques and what we're trying to do and then apply it in practice for true freshmen has been pretty impressive. Because that, I mean, Worthy was yes. that way. Same thing, though, like we touched on earlier. These guys are here now. Xavier didn't show up until the summer, right? So they, they've got a little bit of a head start, so hopefully they can, they can keep leaning into that and have an impact on the team. John T. Cook and Ryan Niblett. Yeah, it's nice to, nice to know when guys are – you know, running full out, you know, when they play fast, I mean, you get stuff down and you play fast. I mean, there's nothing better than that. No. Nope. Nope. And having to think about the cut that you got to make and wait a minute, am I, I was supposed to be 16 yards, but I'm only at 13. I got to pick up three more. And you can just tell when they're thinking and not running. Yeah. They're, they're counting. <laughs> yeah. They're counting. You're <laughs> absolutely just right. Understanding and it's natural. Uh, but you know, that position will be important in this offense because passing, improving the passing game, the number one, off-season task for the for offensive sure. side of the ball because if the passing game comes and the offensive line continues to emerge, the running game will come. Um, you know, they have enough good runners. We'll reset this for you. We told you in the 6 o'clock hour, but do you know where B. John Robinson was hanging out last night? It's uh, not good news for Cowboys fans. We'll get you that detail coming up as the NFL draft now approaches. Uh, also more on the Longhorn side of things with uh, uh, training camp number four. You know who's a big weekend for this weekend, Buck? Jamal Fenner. Jamal Fenner, he's the new director of high school relations. And this oh, that's is the, right. This, this is, the, is the coach's clinic, right? This is when all the high school coaches, and I'm sure he'll do a great job, but this is that first you know, first big weekend where he gets yeah, to – Yeah, for uh, him, you're absolutely right. Showcase his skills. Yeah, because of coming in from Austin LBJ, takes that role, and this is the weekend. Of course, Kyle Shanahan, the San Francisco 49ers head coach, is going to be the keynote speaker and uh, one of the main teachers and instructors at this coach's clinic but uh, and coaches from all over the state rolling in here to learn and absorb some knowledge and watch practice and watch how it all operates here. Yeah, Jamal Fenner will be integral in uh, making all that uh, happen and continuity and how it all plays out. So good luck to Jamal uh, taking that uh, big step this weekend. We'll come back. We'll talk and tell you where B. John Robinson was. We'll get to the other top stories of the day. Craig Way will have a Craig Way report before the end of this hour. Gossip and Blitz as well. Uh, all part of a busy Wednesday here on the show of the people. It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, get into some football coming up. Do you know who is the uh, gambling odds favorite to win Coach of the Year in the NFL next year? And, well, we'll get you that coming up. Gambling odds favorite to win NFL Coach of the Year if you're betting in Vegas because Ty is a professional gambler. He likes to keep track of these things. We also like to play the brackets. Have you checked your bracket, T.Y.? Where are we right now? Well, the old, the old stat bracket challenge is still going, as you all know. Hopefully you all have been keeping up with that. Um, my bracket – Two of my three brackets are busted, but Texas is still in the running. I have them winning in one of my brackets. And, uh, you know, somebody has to win. So check hornfm.com right now and see how you're stacking up um, against the rest of us and uh, rest of, against the rest of y'all listeners. Uh, and remember, bragging right, you get bragging rights and a 55-inch TV. 
uh, courtesy of audiovisual consultation. There you go. That's right. It is the bracket. Got TV ready. And for I the, will uh, say that for the uh, masters, I told you going into it last week. I was not real happy with my bracket, but I'm sitting uh, four points out of the lead. Four points out of the lead. Now, if you win, you give the TV to the. Oh, he can't listen. win. He knows I'll he can't it win. To the kids. He knows he can't win. I can't win, but I won't win either. But I still have three of my four Final Four teams. The only one I lost were Duke, because Duke is Duke. Duke is Duke, yes. That Rick Barnes and that Tennessee group just went like full bully ball. I mean, just start elbowing people, knocking people around. But uh, credit to them. They did a nice job. You have Houston over the horns, though, don't you? I do. I do. That was my I, – I commented on that on the air. That was my big decision to make, because I felt like both Texas and Houston are Final Four caliber teams, but they have to meet in the Elite Eight – or would meet, that would be this Sunday. Both teams have to win Friday night. But, yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. And, uh, um, you know, when I saw Marcus Sasser kind of aggravate that groin injury in the first game they played, I thought, oh, boy, um, maybe I made the wrong pick. But uh, He's come beast bounced back, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he played in pain in the second game. Remember, they were down 10 at half to Auburn and had to come all the way back and win that game to get themselves to this weekend. Uh, I think uh, another week off for him to get ready all the way to Friday when they play Miami. Um, you know, that'll be an interesting game, but, uh, yeah, I still have, I have Houston, I have Gonzaga, I have Alabama and I had Duke. So I still have three of the four. So I'm, I'm in the conversation. I'm a little bit worried about this Bama game though, coming up on Wednesday, Bama's or Wednesday, Thursday, Alabama's playing the San Diego state team. That's got a bunch of old dudes, man. Like they've got seven guys on that team to play 15 or more minutes. So they're very deep. They run nine deep. And like those, like the seven guys that get 15 or more minutes are all seniors. I mean, they're all upperclassmen. So you're giving this team with a good coach all week. And, and, and Alabama's one of those teams that you have to have some extra time to prepare for because they play with su- such oh, pace yeah. and such tempo. Uh, but I think this is the exact kind of team that can upset the number one overall seed because it's they've had all week. They're very veteran. They'll have a good game plan installed. Can they go execute it? But it's two completely different styles of basketball. One wants to slow it down and you know win it that way out at San Diego State. The other wants to go really fast at Alabama. That's a fun matchup for sure. That's 5-1. Of course, Miami and Houston is a 5-1. Texas and uh, Xavier is a 1-3. And uh, Xavier, you know, I saw a list of things that were going on with this tournament, and then people are calling Sean Miller, the Xavier coach, the best coach never to make it to a Final Four. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Which you know, or oh, he's had some opportunities. Yeah, he's, he's had Arizona. some really good teams, right? Um, you know, gosh, Rick Barnes with Tennessee—they haven't been—he hadn't been to a Final Four since the early 2000s and with the Longhorns and, and Rodney Terry. So, a uh, lot, a lot of subplots coming up for these games this weekend. Make sure you're checking that bracket. Hornfm.com is where you're going to do it and uh, have some fun with it, and uh, you know, get after you. By the way, you know the afternoon show on Friday ahead of the Longhorn game. This is pretty cool. They're going to be they're going to be broadcasting live out at that that golf play the indoor golf spot Golfinity, mm-hmm. which is the perfect place to go because you'll get you'll get ready for the March Madness, but you can play golf and watch the Dell Match play. Yep, you'll be watching the best players in the world right down the road. Get your swing on. Yeah, get your swing on. Get ready for the hoops. 
which will start about six o'clock. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a perfect con, you know conjoining of what's going on in Austin, Texas this weekend with uh, Golfinity with those guys this after on Friday afternoon from three to seven with Ball Don't Lie. Yeah, I'm going to try to. I don't know if I'm going to get to Dell Match Play, even though it's the last one. I'm, but I know I'll get down to San Antonio. I always like to go down to that event. What's that? Down in San Antonio. TPC San Antonio. Oh, you'll go down to that. Okay, oh, the yeah. actual PGA event, the following. Weekend. Oh yeah, I like that one. I I enjoy that walk. And that's that's the weekend after this. They'll play here, and then they're head down to the Alamo City, and then head only, up to the Masters. Only place thing down there is you just got to hope that it's not too hot down there. Well, so far we haven't because the rattlesnakes it. get out there in the woods there down in San Antonio on that course. Hey, so um, the leading Ty, you're a gambler professionally. Professional gambler, yeah. Sometimes. Do you know who the odds favorite is to be the NFL's coach of the year next year in the NFL? Don't even think about it. Don't even say it. Don't even think about what you what just went through your mind real quick. Say it's it. not him. Mike it's, McCarthy? Don't say Big Mac. Don't say Big Mac. That's what, that's what I was trying that's to say. That's not what I actually thought. That's, I know. That's what, um, Robert Sala? Nope. The answer Frank Reich. is Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. Fighting Dan Campbell. Fighting Dan Campbell's of the Detroit Lions, the baby. Knee biters. Hey, we're going to bet off kneecaps. Absolutely. And you know that the Lions, who haven't won a division title in 30 years, are currently favored in Vegas to win the NFC North. Get out of here. They're not going to beat Minnesota. You like that? Kirk yeah. Cousins? Come on, man. Yeah, Detroit favored to win the division with the offseason moves they've made, trying to fix their secondary and their defense to go with that offense. They also have two first-round picks, number six and number 18. To add another couple of pieces to a pretty good team. And they still will get a secondary guy Oh yeah, in the draft. They'll well, still look I, for another I, I think you kind of like it with the Cowboys at 26, best player available at 26. Who's mm-hmm. that going to be? At 10, you know, they're, no, they're sitting at 6. Sitting at 6. I mean, they could draft a Jalen Carter. Like, I know he's on the slide for some people, but, you know, if quarterbacks go 1-2-3, which they God, could. They, they would be really Getting that defensive line all set, oh my wouldn't gosh. they? You put Jalen Carter in the middle there with Aiden Hutchinson off the edge, and I mean that's the kind of pass rush they need to go with that offense. And then at eighteen, you know, you can take another piece at a corner. You know, I mentioned Joey Porter Jr. out of uh, Detroit or out of uh, Penn, Penn State, State, who you yeah. like a lot. Uh, he may be on the board at that spot. So yeah, the Lions are in a position to get get they're good, and they they have a chance to get better uh, in that division. We know the Bears have a ton of draft picks and capital. They traded the number one overall pick. They're going behind Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, and the Vikings are the defending champions of that division. When are the Ravens going to give in and give Lamar some money so he can get to camp and get going? Uh, I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't, I think you're a little more optimistic of that happening than, than Lamar is. There's a report this morning that Lamar Jackson is telling his representative, because you know, he doesn't have an agent, but he's got an NFL player rep. Looking himself in the mirror or something. Um, yeah, but Lamar's rep, he has a rep. Yeah who's telling teams that Lamar is ready to move on from the Ooh. Baltimore Ravens, like open for business, not just joking around here. I don't need you to set the market for me. I want out. I'm ready to be done. His feelings are hurt now. Well, I think the acrimony has been obvious all the way back to when he, well, when he started the season without a contract. Let that happen. He, when he started the season without a new contract, the acrimony began, and should I hold out or not? And then he didn't play late when the knee injury, and you know, there's, there's this thing – that that story is going to have an end. They probably are at a point of no return. E, they've been there for a while, like you said. I feel like they are. Yeah. Well, the other part is if you, I mean, someone's got to give on this, right? You get to a point where you're 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 you're, and I'm not saying the the Ravens should give in on the guaranteed contract argument. I don't. They have to hold the line on that. The other owners are whether they're colluding or not. 
you know, the Bengals owner with Joe Burrow and uh, the Eagles with Jalen Hurts, I mean, they, they want the Ravens to hold the line on this guaranteed contract thing. That's the line in the sand right now. Well, the Bengals aren't going to have a choice. You gotta, I got a feeling the Brown family is going to have to give it up for Joe Burrow well, but you when that to, time comes. Sure you do. But, you look, you, because, again, Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. Every nickel, which has never happened. And, you know, I, I every every player gets a guaranteed amount of money, right? I mean, you see these contracts. It's four years, $160 million, and it's $50 million guaranteed or $90 million guaranteed. Or, What's really guaranteed is that bonus. But that's guaranteed. That's real money. It's never gonna, you're never not going to get that. It's the other stuff that you could lose out on, which is the, the, the performance bonuses and the, uh, uh, the non-guaranteed part of it. You get cut, that doesn't come to you, but the guaranteed money is there. So, yeah, Joe Burrow is going to probably set the record for the most guaranteed money not named Deshaun Watson, but Lamar Jackson's in that conversation too. Uh, as for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Buck, they've got to get Jalen Hurts signed, but they probably don't do that till next year, I would guess. Yeah, they'll they'll start working on that. But they they have an opportunity with this window right now, with him still playing on the rookie deal to get make back a to run. The Super Bowl, which leads us back to every long every Cowboys fan's worst nightmare. Do you know where Bijan Robinson was hanging out last night? He well, he let us know via his Instagram account. He You're was watching in, the Sixers. He was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, having a, a private meeting with the Philadelphia Eagles. And the uh, the ESP, or the NFL Network reporter Mike Garofalo had a tweet that said, this post from Bijan Robinson last night was indeed what it looked like. He is paying a pre-draft visit to the Eagles today. Our guy moved the sticks, has said Robinson to Philly makes a ton of sense. Howie Roseman has never gone running back in round one. Now, yeah, this will be out of Howie's. This will be in Jeffrey Lurie's hands. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a sad, sad night if he ends up getting drafted there. Now, I don't think they're going to take him. It's a sad him night for the NFL. I just don't know. I just don't, I just don't know if they take him at 10 because they have 10 and 30, the Eagles. Pick 10, pick 30. There's no way he's there at 30. No, no. that's too long to wait it out. They'll find some way to and move it, up. You, he, I mean, if he's there when the Cowboys are on the board, he's gone, right? I would think. I mean, because if you're, if you're the Cowboys, you also you have a chance to take him. And combine him and partner him with Tony Pollard. Wow. But you also would keep him away from the Eagles, who pick four picks later. I think he'll end up in Los <laughs> Angeles with the Chargers, though. Uh, with pick 21? Yeah. They would like to trade Austin Eckler. I don't know if they'll draft him until they can work yeah, out a Austin deal to Eckler's trade Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's having a hard time finding a place for the kind of money he's talking about. Well, that's the that's the running back market right now. Imagine that guy in Buffalo. I mean, because every team in the league would like to talk that, about that. That is a scary situation, too. I think that's scarier than Bijan on the Eagles. Austin Eckler with Josh Allen. Yeah, well, I think both catching are balls out the backfield. Pretty devastating. Well, and but you know what? I mean, everybody knows. Even you know Buffalo would love to have Austin Eckler and trade for him, but you know he want what he wants. Yeah, what is he asking for? Well, I'm assuming it's something in the. Okay, I'm not his agent, but I'm assuming his agent is comparing what his numbers have been the last three years to what Christian McCaffrey's numbers were when he got his big contract, and that's the comp, and that's what you do as an agent. You're like, look, I mean, it's just like real estate. You're you're playing comps in the neighborhood, and if if his agent looks at it and says, well, look what Christian McCaffrey was doing in Carolina, look what my guy's done, and he's been a fantasy football killer, hadn't he, oh. with the number of touches, yeah, touchdowns, because well, he's a he's a he's a He's a little guy. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He catches a lot of passes, and which is why Ty's point of the Chargers, if you're going to trade Austin Eckler, Bijan Robinson kind of replaces that production mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, kind of a similar play, but bigger, more durable than even Austin Eckler at that spot. But look, that's the agent's job is to get his guy what what he deserves. And the whole idea of deserves is not the word. It's what the market will bear. And right now the running back market is not 
and you go back to the real estate thing, you can price your house for what you think it's worth. It's only worth what someone will pay for it. Right. Uh, and that's kind of where these running backs are. And it's 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 tough for guys like that because they're really good players and they're still integral to the team's success. It's just where the market is right now. It's re- it's repressed, uh, recessed uh, at that position, which I think it helps Bijan because teams are ready to draft a running back that they know they have team control over for four years. They'll worry about the long-term contract because they can pick up the fifth-year option, so now that's five years. And, you know, they'll do Saquon Barkley. They just tagged him. Well, so now Saquon Barkley is tagged uh, after his fifth year. and the, So the Giants have still never had to give him that huge contract. Yep. Uh, that's, and, and that's why I like what the Cowboys are doing. I think they're making good decisions money-wise and, and making good decisions that are going to help the football team itself because – you know, they when they, when they have to pay the defensive when they have to pay the outside linebacker. Well, they it's going to cost them. Well, they got to be smart here, and that's why I think these these moves have been shrewd for the Cowboys. But yes, they got a lot of money they need to save for that guy because you can't he can't walk. They've you got still one. got three years though. Oh yeah, but, but they're going to start on that contract. That's not going to be one of those. You're playing this year. We'll do it now. It's going to be done before that final well, keep year. Keep this in mind too, because uh, well, yeah, you're right. They've got to get Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons' big picture contracts. But guys like Tyron Smith will come off the cap here pretty shortly in time to make that transition. Sure. But um, you know, you just push Dak Prescott back with your new renegotiation of his deal. He's here for the long haul now. But um, let's also remember the salary cap's about to blow up again mm-hmm. because when all this Amazon and the, and the streaming money, the new deal that's coming in from Apple to carry you know the Directv package that they've had, the Sunday package. You know, all that hits, and there's going to be another wave of, of uh, growth. And, of course, they share 50-50 revenue. So as the revenues rise, the salary cap will in- increase as well. And pl- teams are already planning for that, that um, you know, the next window is going to shoot up again. So Is it going to be like that one year in the NBA oh, where gosh. everybody had year? like $70 million in cap space? Well, the NBA is about to go up again, too. Yes. They're already paying these guys. Remember, the NBA has rosters of 12. In NFL, you're 53. Uh, and sixty, if you're counting the taxi squad, uh, and NBA, those dudes, those you can dudes be a make bum money. and make twenty million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Well, because the NBA not only has a salary cap, they have a salary floor, so every team in the league has to, to pay spend. to at least a certain number. Which means, yeah, there's a lot of dudes that aren't very good on bad teams that are making that because the team has to spend it, or else they're they, that's that's the rule. So you got some dudes. If you go look at NBA salaries and look at the teams at the bottom and look at that dude's making what? How's that possible? What? Come on, man. I want to be an NBA player. Could I grow seven inches and learn to jump or something? I mean, I'd love to see what Miles Plumley's career earnings on, on, on the Hornets was. It I'll, seemed like he was getting a— I'll make your stomach turn coming up. We'll do that coming up. Uh, we'll hit that. Also, we'll get to the Longhorns, the big weekend. Not just practices this week back on the field, but a big weekend coming. We'll let you hear Sark's thoughts on that. Uh, we'll get you get you ready for that. And the Dell match play is about to tee off out at uh, uh, Austin Country Club. We'll get to all of it. But first— Here's Craig Way. Load up the Blitz. Where you get that from? Did someone tell you that? Did someone tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just gossip. Brought to you by Bud Light, the icy cold Bud Light skis. Hope you're having a great uh, time with those. We're getting ready for March Madness. They'll match play and join a few coldies. And uh, be safe, be smart, do it responsibly. But do it with the world's favorite light beer. It's the brewed right here in the, in, the, in the great state. By Texans, for Texans. And it's the official domestic beer partner of your Texas Longhorns. It'll be a good opportunity this weekend when the uh, sun comes out sa- Friday into Saturday, Buck. Some cold Bud Lights at the ball game. Texas and Texas Tech. Out there of the NASCAR race. The Echo Park 500. We'll talk to Rodney Rodriguez about that big event coming up. And, of course, Dell Match Play. A lot to do this weekend. And if you don't like crowds, you might just want to stay in the house. 
Just playing on St. Helens. It's going to be a crowded weekend. It's going to be crowded all over the place. Hey, you know, you know Gwyneth Paltrow? Wasn't she the one that had the uh, the hoo-ha smelling candle that she yes. put on the market that sold out fast? I mean, I watched her skiing trial. Yeah, the she, she are you had. watching that? Yeah, I'm she's on that, trial yes. for a ski crash in Deer Valley, Colorado, I believe. Where she slammed into some dude. Or some dude slammed into her. They haven't got to that point where he got a, a brain injury. You know, she slammed or, into him. He says she did it on purpose or whatever. Yeah, she's suing. The, you know, she's Gwen, su- well, he's suing her for $7 million. She's suing him, counter-suing for $1. Just for to be right on the case that yes. it was just an accident yeah. and not uh, intentional. Um, yeah, so that's happening. You're watching that trial? I'm watching it, yes. You are getting old. You're trying to watch court TV. Yeah, it's live court TV. I, I had to see it. Once I got into it, I, it's hard to get away from it because she's there and she's so pretty. Is Nancy Grace covering that one too? No, no, Nancy Grace not covering. Is she? Uh, do you think of her candle when you see her, or what are we doing here? I do think of her. I, I, oh, he sparks I, it up right yeah. before he turns it on. <laughs> sparks that candle right. in the room. Oh, seven God. million dollars, dude! Come on, come on, man. Whether she ran into you or not. I mean, really, she's just, seven she's mil? She's not a very good skier, you know what I mean? It just can happen, I guess. This happened when she was with the guy in the band. What, what was the... She was with some drummer. She was married to some dude. And they went to skiing and... Uh, yeah, with the kids. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. Bucky will keep us posted on the Gwyneth Paltrow trial, which is underway. We told you last hour about the, uh, the mountain lion that attacked a Colorado man in his hot tub. He was probably out skiing, and they took a dip, he and his wife, in the hot tub afterwards... And wildlife officials say Monday they're searching for a mountain lion that clawed a man's head while he was sitting in the hot tub with his wife at a rental home. Yeah. Then like getting a bite out of your dome. Well, you know, there's nothing better lion. after a long day on the slopes than jumping in that hot tub, man. It oh, you're nice and relaxed. Yeah, man. And, um, and that dude comes and takes a bite out of the back of your head. He screamed, and the mountain lion started. Then they splashed water on him, splashed a fly slide at him, and uh, he took off. But, uh, you know, that is a, you know... Just sitting in the hot tub. Maybe like, you know, smooching with your wife a little Come bit. Come on, something. mister. Have some awareness of where it's going around you. It's dark. You don't know this thing's about to jump on your neck. Come on. Where's your dog when you need that dog? That is. You'd be a dead dog. Well, that's why you have a dog. Hey, there's a new uh, list out. Top words we can't spell according to Google. Oh, she was married to Chris Martin. Chris, Chris Martin. Martin of okay. Coldplay. He's not a drummer. He's a singer. He's okay. A, he sings. She would married to the lead singer from Creed because you know how I love some Stephen Creed. Stapp or Scott Stapp. Yeah, Chris Martin sings uh, or like uh, sappy love anthems. Oh, I Coldplay. see. Hey, so top words we can't spell according to Google because we search it because we can't spell it. Number one is restaurant. People have a hard time spelling restaurant. Yes. It's, it's, that, it's that AU part and then the rant. It's rest, I AU rant. Restaurant pneumonia. We okay, forget the I got P, that you know, one. I we got forget that, that P. Receipt. 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 That's my. That's one of my tough ones. Is spelled misspelled quite a lot. Appreciate. It's all that I before E and except after C. Whole is thing. definitely on there. No, no, I struggle it definitely, with definitely is sometimes. not. You know what's on there? Beautiful diarrhea. 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 Hey, is there. Always remember there are two uh, just two Rhea. R's in the Rhea. Yeah, just Rhea is easy enough. There's dire. Diarrhea. Yeah, two that's R's right. Two diarrhea. R's, y'all. Maintenance is a word. Beautiful is a word we misspell quite often in the congratulations, English yes. language. Niece. Niece. Uh, and congratulations. I don't know. That one seems pretty easy. But yeah. 
and then the word bougie. Because it's actually B-O-U-G-I-E. It's pronounced B-O-O-J-E-E. Bougie. Like Ty's, Ty's kind of bougie. Uh, actually, you're kind of bougie, Buck. You end up like, buying likely. $200 blue jeans with holes Absolutely. in them. Absolutely. I was about to say, I look more homeless than bougie. <laughs> it says, hey, guys, combining back-to-back gossip, if Gwyneth Paltrow has a candle that smells like candy, what does Scotty Pippen's ex-wife smell like? Oh! Detergent. <laughs> a used old shoe? Man. All right, let's go to the Blitz. The Bucky and E Blitz. It's brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck. The half under factory warranty in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. Here we go. First blitzer, you're up. Coach. Yes, sir. Yeah, two things for you. I think that uh, sensitivity class is going to be crowded with Coach Calipari and John and uh, E because they're both calling people midges. I don't know if you saw that story. Oh, uh, Calipari scene. talking about Marquise Noel, called him a little guy. Did he? That little fella. He called him a little yeah. fella. Did he pat him on the head? Well, he called him little boy. Yeah. He did? Yeah. I, yeah. It's fine. They're good. All right. Next. Thank you. Next, Blitzer, you're up. You know, that mountain lion has nothing on me. When my girls are in the hot tub, I just creep up behind them and club them. You know, <laughs> Tim Duncan. Oh! Wow. Shut it down. Oh, Let's go home. Well, that's what I, I, you wonder. Well, there's some hanky-panky going on in the hot tub, which led to the mountain lions thinking there was kind of a ruckus happening. You needed to get involved in, you know? He was just trying to protect the, the woman. Yeah, animals are protective that way. God. Especially if she was a cougar. That would give me Bait a out. heart attack. You know, if she were a cougar, the mountain lions get cougar. Bears, mountain lions. No thanks, man. No. I'm not good with all that. I don't need animals attacking me from uh-uh. behind at any moment. I can't yeah, run but... anymore. I can't get away. <laughs> You're stuck. Serious, I'm just stuck. I'm there for the eating, for the taking. The I possum just techniques, your best route. Was that play dead? Play dead. Yeah. Until they bite you. Then that deadness, you wake up on the first bite. You don't stay quiet on a bite, a mountain lion or a bear. One of the, I was at the rodeo last night. One of those calves did. They know the calf are open, and they get them, and they tie them up around his – one of them, when they untied it, he kind of played dead. Just laid there. Just laid there. <laughs> Smart there. move. Yeah. Then he popped up and took off. Loved seeing that. Those bull, Those ropers are unbelievable. All right, we're back. B&E with you rolling on. Final hour for us on a Wednesday on 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. Streaming always on your Horn app, on your smart speaker, and at hornfm.com.